0: Clang Magazine is paid for by supporters like you at www.clangmag.co and by the following sponsors. Clang Magazine presents The Zone. Hey sonic artists and audio practitioners, are you looking for an all-in-one place where you can test out the latest and cutting-edge digital signal processing through exclusive music software VST demos? as well as a curated library of sample packs and recording stem wave packs for both your favorite artists and gear companies, as well as more up-and-coming music tech developers and producers? <gasps> Are you also looking for monthly remix and composition projects given to a community of like-minded sonic artists on a kick-ass Discord service that can also get you featured on the Clang site and podcast? <sighs> well... Look no further than The Zone at clangmag.co, our fucking sick paid subscription service that helps us keep all of the writing, mixes, and podcasting free for you, the viewer, the reader, the listener, while also potentially putting some kick-ass clanging resources in your hand. Go get yourself some software, some sample packs, and some stem packs. Join us In the Zone, www.clangmag.co. You are now listening to Clang Magazine.
1: Nani nana ba to no. Strewing rose petals around the beds of their sick children, Georgian mothers and grandmothers would sing these words in gentle tones, hoping to soothe the agitated spirits inhabiting the bodies of their kin. I learned this Simple Harmony in a week-long workshop with a man named Bernard Burns, a former software developer who now leads Mats Benzelli, a Georgian choir based in London, England. Of all the songs we learned that week, Bata has stuck with me for its delicate grace. It recalled my first musical memories of my mother and sister singing me songs to help me fall asleep. When I first met Bernard, his plain dress and dorky demeanor charmingly obscured his deep, empathetic warmth in his mastery of this special vocal tradition. Over the course of the workshop with my friends Griffin and Eloise, Bernard taught me some beautiful techniques for finding my voice, from resonating previously dormant cavities in my head and chest, to physically leaning on my friends to embody the trust that their voices would support mine in the mix. It was a surprisingly important lesson in the power of singing and in the months since I have often caught myself singing Bata out loud when I am in a moment of pain. This happens often enough that I now use it as a signpost to recognize that I am feeling anxious or hurt. Examples of this scene from my daily life Is my desire to shed gender labels an inherent manifestation of my gender identity? Or a desire to distance myself from the public perception of the default toxicity of manhood. But a Can I truly, actually be bisexual? Or, as many people have told me, am I lying to myself in one way or another? And eventually, I'll pick a side. Will the earth reach four degrees Celsius above pre industrial temperatures in my lifetime? Am I powerless to stop the erasure of people, places, animals, and plants in the name of personal profit? Is my self-esteem really so low that I would allow someone for two years to undermine my belief in myself, abdicating all of my own ideas and deferring to their worldview so deeply that splitting up required rebuilding my entire self? Da, dik bi, dik bi, At the heart of my musical practice is a simple fantasy of sitting around the house playing music for my grandkids, filling their hearts and minds with wonder and tenderness. I never had grandparents, which is maybe why I have dreamt of having my own grandchildren for as long as I can remember. Sadly, this feels like a terrible time to create a new life. I know apocalypse it is, have existed in human culture for millennia, but this feels different. The daily dose of environmental grief coming from my newsfeed is a powerful contraceptive. The deep hopelessness I feel listening to billionaires calmly state their plans to desert this inevitably failing world sucks the hope of creating a family right out of me. Among the injustices caused by resource-extractive capitalists, I particularly despise them for this. Sometimes I sing Bataneba to the wind, hoping it will carry the song to their ears and soothe the spirit of greediness that drives them to our mutually assured destruction. In a different world, I'd be happy to be a stay-at-home parent, content to pack lunches and unpack feelings, to take care of things around the house and support my partner. Sadly, our profusely misogynistic and capitalistic strive culture tells me that homemaking is a kind of failure, and parenthood can only be crammed in the margins of my work life. I have a potentially lucrative degree from a prestigious university. Why would I waste it on just being a parent? That simply doesn't make sense. It's really a shame because I think I'd make a great mom. Not to diminish the difficulty of caring children, but I can't help but feel a deep sense of loss for never being able to host another life form inside me, to watch my body grow and swell, to feel its moods, to have it feel mine, to feed, breathe, live together. It's been an interesting exercise, sitting with the acceptance that the thing my body wants most unself-consciously in the world cannot possibly ever happen. Instead, I professionalize my natural caring instincts into more socially acceptable forms. I adopt other people's children for 60 minutes at a time, teaching them to cook and to love themselves. I brainstorm YouTube channels to make with my little cousin Gia. I write love songs and confessionals that I hope will get spread widely so that someone else might not feel alone. And I write grants to go to England to learn Georgian lullabies with the secret hope of one day singing to my own grandchildren while blessing their rooms with a ring of rose petals.